Happy New Year! Lunch with PB&J here. We're back. We're back. Somebody asked us the other night, when's PB&J going to be back? <laughs> I said, Friday. We are back, Jack. It was so Jack I said, that asked me. It was actually Joe. <laughs> we're back, Joe. Um, so yeah, we took a little break. Didn't say anything. Just an unannounced break. Hope you guys are okay with that. Uh, took a little break over Christmas. We were going to do one, and then we just decided, no. We got lazy. We want a week off. We just want a week off and do it. Uh, there was a lot I was going to do on that week, and I didn't do any of it. <laughs> Nothing. That's okay. And so, uh, yeah, so we took a little bit of a break, but we are back 2022. Uh, I have no idea what episode we're on, so don't even ask <laughs> oh, me, no. Joy. You might be the 50 where you were supposed to it's get not, stuff. It's not. It's <laughs> not. I know that. That should be coming up towards the end of the month. Okay. So I do know that. Um, so we left off in uh, Peter, First mm-hmm. Peter to yep. be exact. First Peter chapter 3 to be even more exact. We talked about husbands and wives leading into Christmas. Uh, hopefully that helped your Christmas a little bit. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we're going to pick up where we left off. And um, Joy's wearing my Christmas present. Yeah, it was too small for him. So. It's not actually like my Christmas present to her. It's actually a Christmas present for me that was ordered in the wrong size. <laughs> so she gets to wear it now. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so you just want to jump in? Yes. Let's just jump in then. All right. So First Peter, and we're in chapter three. As I said, we're going to pick up at verse eight. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, we'll read. We'll read for a little bit. I think I'm going to read this whole first section here. So it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. (laughs) That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. For the scriptures say, If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. You're not going to finish it. Uh, that's it for that verse. Oh. oh, that little section there. Then it goes into suffering for doing good. That's how my Bible breaks it mm. up. Not yours? I've got an extra part. Do you? What is it? But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Did I not say that? I didn't say that. It's because I have... Oh, sorry. That's the end of the verse. But she said... Um, my I had underlined and his ears are open to their prayers. Oh. And that's what made me stop. It's because I don't have the last part underlined. Don't you know that part in the Bible that says, don't take away, don't add or take away? <laughs> it was not intentional, everybody. <laughs> so um, this section, so we've been talking about showing respect mm-hmm. and, to those in authority. Um, we talked about the relationship between husbands and wives and showing honor and respect and taking care of one another there. And so here this now transfers down into um, how to interact with other believers. Yeah. And so this is always, um, when we did, uh, not on the podcast, but in church, I did a study on first, second, and third John, um, in the fall. And 
what really jumped out at me was how much those letters were written to the believers. And it was very specific about the interactions to the believers. And that's made me really start noticing that more and more that Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like we read the Bible and we read certain things as like, that's just how we are supposed to be to everyone. Mm -hmm. But there are really specific instructions given on how we interact with those who are lost and how we interact with those who are fellow believers. Right. We are supposed to love everybody, care for everybody, pray for everybody, all that stuff. That goes across the board. But there is like, it's a... It's almost like it's a little extra. Yeah, because it's family. (laughs) Like if you come from a really close family, you know, like you treat everyone with respect, but family's family. And no matter what they do, family's family. Don't disrespect your mama. Blood is thicker than water, right? (laughs) And uh, so the blood of Jesus is thicker. Oh, come on now. All right. So... He says this is this is this is his instruction now to all of the believers. So mm-hmm. he says, finally, uh, all of you should be one-minded. That means that you are to be united. Mm-hmm. All right. So one-minded. There shouldn't be division uh, among the body of Christ. We should be one-minded. We should be united in everything. It doesn't mean you're going to think exactly the same about everybody about everything, yeah. but on the big things on what is right and wrong, on what the Bible says is right and wrong, on morality issues, on on uh, what we call foundational theological doctrinal issues. So like Jesus was the son of God. He was born to a virgin. He died on a cross. He rose again three days later. Like those foundational doctrines, yeah. we are to be united. Um, there should be absolutely no separation mm-hmm. in us. You jump in anytime you got something bad. You told me to go. So go. I'm just going. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he said that we were to show... Uh, we're to sympathize with each other. So to show sympathy means to respond to the needs of each other. Yeah, compassion. It's compassion, right? Uh, he says to love each other. Love, it's your family, what we just said. <laughs> love like a family, all right? Uh, it's not a conditional, it's the way it's supposed to be with family. I know today there's a lot of um, dysfunctional families, uh, but... It's supposed to be that unconditional love between family. That right. that's what he's calling us to have. He says to be tender-hearted. Uh, tender-hearted means to be kind. Mm-hmm. So we are to be kind to one another. Why is that so hard for people? That is very hard for people <laughs> sometimes. Uh, we are to empathize. Do you know what empathy means? Is it like where you're putting yourself in that person's shoes type thing? Yeah. That's my first thought. I always have a hard time describing it. I wasn't like, I wasn't uh, challenging you. I was <laughs> seeing if you actually knew what it meant. That's I, my guess. No, that's that a, no, that's right. Yeah. So is I know it when I hear it. It's one of those words. I know what it means when I hear it. I have a I have difficulty empathy. explaining it. Yeah. Empathy. So we are to empathize. It goes further yeah. than sympathy. Right. Oh, I feel bad for you. Right. Empathy would say, man, I feel your pain. Right. That's it. I feel your pain. I put myself in your shoes. So we are to empathize with un, with one another and to show understanding. That's what tender-hearted means. Right. Is to be kind, to empathize, and to show understanding right. towards one another. So whatever you see somebody going through. So if you're in the church and you see a brother or sister, you see them going through something we are to respond in kindness. We're not mm-hmm. supposed to have this attitude of, well, you dug your own grave, now you gotta live with it. Um, but we're to be kind toward them, we're to empathize with them, of put ourselves in their shoes. What mm-hmm. what what got them to where they are? What are they going through? What are they have what's happening with them? To be understanding. Um, he says to be humble. And I think those two kind of go together. Because mm-hmm. sometimes 
if we if we can't show empathy, we can't be tender-hearted to people. Sometimes it's because we see ourselves as better yeah, than somebody, yeah. Right. So we're to be humble. It's not about you. It's about um, it's about each other. It's about putting others first. It's about making sure that God gets the glory in everything. Yeah. And so we're to be humble towards one another. And then he says to be uh, forgiving. And he doesn't say to be forgiving, but he says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate, retaliate with insults when people insult you. I took that as be forgiving. Hmm. All right? You don't? I, I mean, I... Oh. Not disagreeing. Okay. I saw eyebrows go up. <laughs> That's an interesting take on it. Yeah. Okay. What's your take on it? <laughs> Gosh, I feel like you're putting me on the spot. No, I'm just asking. No, I just feel like it's a response. I kind of looked at that as like the do's and don'ts. Mm. So he's telling you do do these things, do these five things. And then to me, it's the don't. Don't act this way. Don't, don't mm. repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate and don't insult. You know, when somebody insults you, don't insult them. So I kind of looked at it and broke it into the, the do's and don'ts. Of, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so I guess I, I'm just, yeah, I put a positive spin on it <laughs> and added a do to it. Uh, and it's forgiving because how, how do you get to the point where you don't repay evil for evil? Yeah. How do you get to the point where you and don't? You do have to be forgiving. You don't give in, don't retaliate with insults when other people insult you. How do you do that? The only way I know to do that is to be forgiving, is yeah. to walk in a spirit of forgiveness. Right. Where if somebody says something or does something to you, you're quick to forgive. But I also think it goes further than even even forgiveness because even that statement where it says pay them back with a blessing, mm-hmm. like that's pretty intense. Like I, I yeah. just my my mind was blown reading this because I'm just thinking just in the in the practical. Like if we really put this into practice, what would our, what would our families look like? What would our world look like? What our, what would our jobs look like if we literally paid people back when they insulted us or did evil to us? Mm-hmm. We paid them back with a blessing. Yeah, like that. It's kind of mind-blowing. It goes so counter. We think we're good. Mm-hmm. We think we're good if we just don't lash out well, at people. Well, it goes, like, yeah. even the forgiveness and the not being bitter and the not, not giving it back to them, that is amazing. Yeah. So to even go the step further and to say, no, I'm going to literally bless this person that, you know, did something to me. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah, because it says, so, so to be... Um, yeah, to be, I even see that, as, you know, you take into all these other verses. So you have to be slow to speak, Yeah. you know, so I think sometimes that's what it has to be is sometimes we can get caught up in those heat of the moment exchanges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we be slow to speak and then instead respond with that blessing. Yeah. Um, and that blessing can look a lot of different ways when because when you talk about repaying someone evil for evil, if somebody cheats you. Mm-hmm than to go and bless them financially or bless yeah. them physically, bless them with something materially. And I think we really struggle with that because we, in our heads, we go, well, God, they don't deserve that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's this thing of this is why, um, like, you take on the character of Christ. We didn't deserve what he gave to us. Right. So you can't use that argument if they don't deserve it. And, you know, there's a there's a scripture somewhere that says, his kindness leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the uh, purpose and the idea behind when you bless somebody who has hurt you or, or insulted you or done evil to you, when you literally bless them, like that idea of it, it actually opens a door for like good to happen, like for 
that idea for them to come to you and respond in repentance. Yeah. You know, not saying that's always going to happen, but it it leaves an open door for that. It does. Yeah. And so he goes on, and this is what God has called us to. And he says, um, God will bless you. He has called you to do this, and he will bless you for doing this. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on, and he says, this is what the scriptures say. And we we talked about if you want to enjoy a happy life. So this is the secret. Mm -hmm. We spend so much of our life (laughs) trying to figure out how to have happiness, how to have a happy life. And, And this is what Peter's saying is, this is the secret to a happy life. It's not happy wife, happy life. Listen, it partly <laughs> is true. Um, but beyond that <laughs> is this is it. Right. Like, this is how to, he says, this is how to have a happy life. This is what the scriptures say, how to have a long life. Right. Which is mind-blowing, isn't it? That just, like, obeying God could possibly lead to a longer life. Yeah. That's a whole little rabbit trail we could go down that I'm not going to. But uh, a long life, it, it leads to answered prayers. Mm-hmm. When you are in, when you are, I was going to say the will of God, but I guess it is kind of the will of God. When you are behaving and following God's word in mm-hmm. these things, uh, this this leads to answered prayers. Sometimes we wonder why are our prayers not being answered, but we just read about it in First Peter 3, 7. To husbands, it says, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Mm-hmm. So if you've got unanswered prayers, it, you may need to look at your life and go, how are you? Are you refusing to bless another person yeah. and expecting God to bless you? Right. You know? And so if, if you're struggling in those unanswered prayers, sometimes we do. I think we really do. And this is not, we don't ever want to think of it this way because mm-hmm. we don't want to put, we don't want to believe that God has conditions on our mm-hmm. prayers and on our requests and on our, but I mean, it's scripture after scripture after scripture yeah. that talks about the fact that there is in fact something to that. Mm-hmm. That part where it says, uh, it, this, where it says, um, that God has called you to do that. All those things that we listed before says God has called you to do that. Um, I just think that's a powerful statement because a lot of times we get caught up in, I mean, I know I do. God, what are you called me to? What's my purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you called me to? And it's just all those things that we listed and, and, and even as he keeps going and how he describes like what's going to give us this great life, he's called us to this good life. And it's a calling, like it's, I don't know, and it's for all of us. And I think sometimes I, you get caught up in, what should I be doing? Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes we forget the fundamental, maybe because we think, oh, that's boring. I want, I want to do something <laughs> else. I want to do something bigger and greater. This is big and great. Yeah. Like this lifestyle and who he's calling us to be is big mm-hmm. and important. Yeah. And we can't miss that, that that's a calling on each of our lives. That's good. Yeah. Um, He says, don't speak evil. That word evil there, in case you're curious what it means, because you're like, I don't speak evil. (laughs) Uh, Evil is any immoral thing, uh, any wicked thing, any harsh thing. Mm. That's what that means when it says don't speak evil. Um, Don't lie. That means don't lie. It says to turn away from evil. And again, um, that phrase means to avoid. When it says turn away from evil, mm-hmm. it means to avoid evil. Mm-hmm. So avoid. So now we go back up to what does evil mean? Immoral, wicked, harsh. So turn away from or avoid 
immoral things. Yeah. Avoid wicked things. Avoid harsh things. Uh, no longer trust is another meaning of it. So mm-hmm. don't trust immoral things. Mm-hmm. Don't trust wicked people. Don't trust harsh things. Stop. Turn away means to stop. Stop being immoral. Mm-hmm. Stop being harsh. Stop being wicked. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was interesting what that, that means. And he says instead, do's and don'ts, yeah. instead do good. Yeah. Look for peace. Work, work at it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. And, and uh, uh, let me read this here. This was in my study notes in my Bible uh, on this verse, on verse 11. It says, too often we see peace as merely the absence of conflict. Hmm. And we think of peacemaking as a passive role. But an effective peacemaker actually or actively pursues peace by building good relationships, knowing that the peace is uh, a byproduct of commitment. The peacemaker anticipates problems and deals with them before they occur. Hmm. When conflicts arise, they are brought into the open and dealt with before they grow unmanageable. Making peace is hard work. You have to search for it and work to maintain it. But it res- it results in God's blessing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so good because yeah. it is this this idea of, again, it's not simply this stop doing bad, mm-hmm. but actively pursue peace. Search for peace mm-hmm. and work to maintain yeah. it. I always feel like he gives us not just what we shouldn't do, but what we should do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I looked at that, and I just kind of broke it down into, you know, it's, it's talking about if you want it to enjoy life and you want to see many happy days. Well, that's like the pursuit of everybody, right? Right. So it's like this idea of you want a great life, and I kind of broke it into the idea of it's like a recipe. Literally, he's just giving us a recipe to have Uh-oh. a good life, you know? I don't follow recipes well. <laughs> need I'm a little a, of this. I'm Italian. I don't need a recipe. <laughs> But if you don't put in the right ingredient, it's not going to taste good. You don't know how I cook. <laughs> but it is. I, I did. I looked at it like, you know, this is an ingredient. These things that he's talking about mm-hmm. are something that's going to give you that great life. And, it, and he, you know, he mentions three things here of just basically watch your mouth, watch your tongue. And I just think that's the hardest, one of the hardest things that mm. there is to do, you know. But we need God's Spirit in all these things that we've listed. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. Yeah. Um, but watching our mouth, watching what we say. And then that next one, it says, um, you know, turn away from evil and do good. It kind of made me think, I think it's really important to let the, I'm, it is really important, let the Bible be our standard mm-hmm. for what good and evil is. Because when you say that, like, turn away from evil, I think you said it earlier, like, a lot of us don't think we do evil. You know, we don't think we, um, well, I'm not evil. You know, that's this person, this dictator in history. That's this person. I'm not, I don't do evil. But basically, you know, if we're breaking the Ten Commandments, you know, we're doing evil. Mm -hmm. So just letting God's word be that standard of what good and evil is because the world's messed up right now. So to come back to the Word of God and know what good and evil is and to do good. And then, you know, that statement of, or that that third ingredient is to search for peace. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's, it is interesting, like you talk about at a, the commentary of like, people look at it like it's weak, it's passive. Yeah. And 
I, I think I think the opposite. Like when we've seen peacema- peacemakers at work, like I don't know, I find them really strong people mm-hmm. because it's easy to just get into an argument. Yeah, that's the easy thing. That's the or to ignore that there's conflict yeah. at all. Let's just sweep it under the rug. And that's what that's what that said it. is like. Sometimes we think that peace means the absence of conflict, and yeah. that's not true. No, but it, and it's this thing of. Um, that statement where it says, and work to maintain it. Search mm-hmm. for peace and work to maintain it. Like the idea of search for peace. So to me, it's also like looking in every situation that I'm in and say, how can I bring peace in this situation? How can I bring peace to this conflict? And then once you get it, work hard to maintain it. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's easy to lose it. It's easy to just say the wrong thing or... Um, so it takes a lot of work to maintain peace. Yeah. But like we're called to be peacemakers. I mean, you guys know the the verse, blessed are the peacemakers, mm-hmm. uh, for they will be called children of God. You know, so it's this thing of God's going to bless us when we have these three ingredients in our life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to give us a great life. It's mm-hmm. good. And it says there, and then it ends in that part that I skipped. <laughs> <laughs> This is who the Lord watches over. This is who he turns and, and watches as those who uh, turn to his face. and he, But he turns his face against those who do evil. But this is the one that he listens to. Mm-hmm. This, these are the ones that he watches over mm-hmm. are the people that do these things. So And don't you find that, like, that's a promise. These yeah. are some, you know, this is a promise in the Bible mm-hmm. that if we live our life this way, that God promises to keep his eyes on us and to watch us. And then the argument that sometimes we have as peacemakers, is, again, because it's viewed as a weakness sometimes, is, well, what if, what if I'm viewed as weak? What if I, you know, what if I'm always the one doing good and I get walked over and all those things? So, that brings us to the next section. (laughs) That was my transition. Uh, Which is suffering for doing good. So, Peter now talks about so he's been talking about this is the way we're supposed to act. So if you remember, if you go back, um, uh, he's he's talked about respecting people in authority. He's talked about the relationship between slave and master, employee and employer. He's talked about how wives interact with their husbands, how husbands are to treat their wives, mm-hmm. how Christians are to treat with one another. And so yeah. you can look at all those things. And again, it everything about some of this goes completely against our flesh nature because our our first thing we want to do is after we've read all this we would say but what if you don't know yeah. what's happened to me but what if what, what, and, and and you don't yeah you don't know how that person treats me and so now peter just seamlessly flows into suffering for doing good mm-hmm. and so um let me read a, a few verses here it says now who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants, Mm -hmm. I underline that, (laughs) than to suffer for doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Powerful. That that first statement where it says, 
Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to Mm -hmm. do good? Like, I feel like Peter's not saying, he's not promising that you're going to have this amazing life or great life and, like, purely safe life just because you do good things. But it's like this general rule. Yeah. I mean, as a general rule, if you stay out of trouble, you stay out of trouble. Trouble's not Mm going to get you, right? Um, So it's not this, that first statement, I think, I think is... Even though he doesn't focus on that, he focuses more on the suffering. I still think that's a, a powerful point to make of just, yeah. as a general rule, do good and people are not going to want to hurt you. I'm more pessimistic than Joy is. <laughs> Did you read that wrong? I read different? that with a different tone. <laughs> I read it with some sarcasm to it. I mean, if you're, if you, who, who's going to want to harm you if you're eager to do good? <laughs> And the fact is, is that there are people out there that because you're a good person, they want, they, some people don't want you to be good because it makes them look bad. Uh, so a- there are some people that, and, and so I have an example of this. So yeah. way, way back when I used, when I was in high school, I did a co-op with a police department because I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> I still do. And, uh, <laughs> and, um. Uh, I remember, so I did a co-op and I was working with our local police department where I went to school and there was, everybody was awesome. Like everybody that I worked with there, everybody, all the other officers and uh, everybody was great. But there was this one guy that for some reason, from the minute he met me, he had a problem with me. I'm 17 years old and he had an issue with me and it really came about when he found out that I was a pastor's kid Mm -hmm. and found out that I was a Christian and um, he just, he spent that four or five months that I was in that co-op class just constantly trying to like make me look bad or like try to catch me and stuff. Like I remember him telling a dirty joke. So you got to understand I'm a 17 year old on a co-op. So I, once I get assigned an officer for the day, it's not like I can wander around the police department doing whatever I want, going wherever I want. Like I have to whatever officer I'm assigned yeah, to, I gotta them. I gotta shadow that person, and so we're all in a room one day, and I'm waiting to go out on patrol, and this guy's in there, and he starts telling a joke, and it's not a clean joke, and I'm standing there because I have I literally can't leave the room. I'm not allowed to leave the room, yeah. and he looks at me and he goes, "Hey Booth, I thought you were a Christian. Why are you watching this, or why are you listening to this joke?" Wow, and I'm just like what 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 am i supposed and so like i don't know what i'm supposed to do in that but i feel like i've done nothing but good mm-hmm. i've been nothing but good everybody liked working with me i was good i was a good and this guy was just like out to mm-hmm. make me suffer mm-hmm. and there's some people so, out there like that so there's some people out there like that that's my that's, so that's my take on it right, right. all right <laughs> but for the most part joy's right all right you do good people like you people will like that people and, will acknowledge and that. i think it's even just the you know, it's just the simplicity of you don't you don't commit crimes, you don't talk bad about people, yeah. you don't you don't do evil things, you don't steal, you don't murder, you don't commit adultery, you don't like so you know it's all these things that it's gonna it's gonna produce it's gonna it's just it's gonna get you out of trouble. Yeah, it's not necessarily gonna 
keep you from suffering. No, because completely. the the thing to remember too is, and on those rare occasions, on those odd occasions where somebody really does seem to come at you, and yeah. it's really again, this is demonic, suffering for doing though. good. I think that's evil. Yeah, because and it's it's also there's a there's a phrase that they use in recovery, and it's hurting people hurt people, mm-hmm. and it's it's very true. Like if you if a lot of times the reason that some people are as aggressive and mean. Yeah. <laughs> spirited I guess yeah uh, is because they're they're carrying hurt in their lives and so a lot of times the reason that they lash out and things like that is because they're masking their own hurt right. and so hurting people want other people to hurt too yeah um, because it, it especially when there's not even been a reason for it right, right? and so um, the point is is and what I feel like Peter's saying here is is that even if they do try to make your life difficult mm-hmm. um, keep going like just you stay in your own lane yeah. and you know God's thoughts towards you are all that matters mm-hmm. he says like he says in there even if you suffer for doing what's right God will reward you mm-hmm. so that's our reminder that we don't have to retaliate we don't have to return um, aggression for aggression mm-hmm. we don't have to do those things we can just remember okay I'm doing good and if yeah. I get rejected for that um, then, okay, God will. God is the one that rewards me. I don't right. need a reward here and now. Right. My reward is not on earth. My reward is in heaven. Right. So I'm just going to keep doing what God has asked me to do. Don't worry about others, uh, but continue to just worship and follow mm-hmm. what God wants you to do. I got a so sidetracked by the word if. <laughs> it says, but even if you suffer. Mm. So it brought up this kind of thought in my head of, God, why sometimes to certain people suffer? you know, for their faith in, in you and certain people don't. Because mm-hmm. if I if I looked at my life and, you know, I, yeah, I've been through some some tiny persecution, but I've not been persecuted for my faith. I've not been, mm-hmm. I've not suffered basically for Christ in, in the ways that I look at like so many people have. And it brought me to a story in, um, so John 21 is a story where Jesus is talking to uh, Peter. And he, you know, the whole story where he says, do you love me? Do you love me? And he asks him three times. And basically he tells him, um, he tells him, feed, feed my sheep. But then he tells him, basically, you're, you're going to be martyred. Like he, he talks about, you're, you're going to be, your hands are going to be stretched out. People are going to take you somewhere you don't want to go, you know. So he's like laying out Peter's future that someday mm-hmm. he, Peter's going to have to suffer. And then Peter I don't know. I mean, there's other guys around him and Peter turns around and sees another disciple and it's John. And he looks and says, well, what about him? You know, and Jesus says, um, Jesus replies to him. He says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? As for you, you follow me. Right. And I just think it's interesting, too, because Peter does end up suffering and I think he's is he crucified upside down mm-hmm. and John to my knowledge is the same John that writes Revelation so John doesn't uh, dies of old age he dies of old age so it's just this thing of like that word yeah I got stuck on it if you suffer and I think it's just this thing of Jesus telling his disciples what's it to you if this happens to John and this mm. happens to you. And his response is, you follow me. Like, that's the whole, it doesn't matter if you suffer, if you don't suffer, if I have plans for you over here to do this, to do that. Like, it's, 
we can get caught up saying, God, why? And the reason I think it stood out, out to me is we can start to feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah. If we start to compare and say, okay, this person's not, why am I experiencing all this sorrow and suffering and this person over here is not, you mm-hmm. know? And when it comes to suffering for God, like we can't do that. It's it's what has he called us to do? And he says, he just gives this, um, you know, you follow me. So that's where we have to keep our eyes mm-hmm. and not the, not the what's going to happen to this person, what's going to happen to that person. But yeah, I got really stuck on the word, if you suffer. Yeah. Because this idea of we, we don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I literally, things go through my head of, you know, we could suffer for Christ and we... And that's what he has planned for us. Mm-hmm. We could be martyrs one day if that's what he has planned for us. I don't, you know, it's not something you plan on or want, want or, yeah. but it's this idea of like, if you do suffer, this is, this is how you suffer for me. Suffer for doing good. Right. Not for doing evil. Yeah. You know. And it's not only, it's not only for what, because uh, as he goes on here, it's not just for the blessing. Yeah. Because it says that God will reward you and God will bless that. But then he goes on in that verse and he says, and if someone asks about your Christian hope, mm-hmm. always be ready to explain it. And so I think it's that thing of when other people see us suffer, but we yeah. can continue to do good, continue yeah. to be positive, continue to put our trust in God. Yeah. People notice that. Well, people you look see at, that. Yeah. You look at Paul's life. You look at Jesus' life. You look at Peter's life. And every time they suffered and they were put in these situations with authority figures or people around them, they got to share the gospel. Yeah. They got to share the hope that they have. Mm-hmm. And so it says, like, if, if somebody comes to you when you're suffering and they come to you and they go, why do you have hope? Mm-hmm. How can you have hope in the midst of your suffering? He says, you got to be ready to explain that. Mm-hmm. Be ready to explain it. So you got to know, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you following God? What, what, where, where does your Christian hope come from? Right. And so as believers, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have that the, that the word of God gives to us as believers is that we are to be ready at all times to be able to explain the hope that we have in mm-hmm. Jesus. And I just think that's, uh, it's an important, it's an important part. And then he says to be gentle and respectful. Don't be rude. Don't be argumentative with mm-hmm. people. When you give your testimony, yeah. it should never be aggressive. It should just simply be Here's why I have hope. Here's yeah. why I have peace. And this is what God wants. And this is, this is, and so, so he says, remember, it's better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. And that goes back to right. what, what you were saying of, you know, what's it to you? Don't worry about anybody else. Keep your eyes in mm-hmm. your own, again, stay in your own lane, mm-hmm. follow God. And if people see that in your life, because I do, like you look at, Everybody, all the disciples, they all died in different, all of them died martyrs except John. Yeah. And then you look at what John accomplished later on in his God life. God had though. something different. He had something him. different for him. Yeah. And, and so we still read the writings of John. I know we read the writings of other disciples and apostles as well, but you know, it was John that received the revelation as he was an old man. Mm-hmm. I mean, old man getting ready to breathe his last. He got, Jesus uses him one last wasn't time. wasn't he a prisoner? He was a prisoner. He was on an island, uh, prison island, basically, mm-hmm. Patmos, and um, is given this revelation. And so, yeah, it's just this thing of always be ready. Yeah. Always be ready uh, in the midst of suffering. Because I think that's what can happen is we can, the devil can try to use our suffering to bring us down and even to destroy our testimony. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's watching us and how... 
I mean, it's one thing for people, if everything's going great, it's kind of like the story of Job. Mm -hmm. You know, the devil comes to God and says, well, sure, Job loves you. you he's got everything. Great. He's rich. He's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got everything. Yeah. Like, of course he loves you. Of course he worships you. Take some of that stuff away and he'll curse you in a minute. And God's like, go ahead, try it. I know Job. Mm -hmm. And so Job, even in the midst of suffering, even when his wife comes to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't understand what's happening to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm suffering. I don't know why all my kids have died. I don't know why I've lost all my crops. I don't know why I have boils all over my body. This is all I know. God is still faithful. Mm -hmm. God is faithful and I will continue to serve him. Yeah. And so he just continued. He continued all the way through his persecution and his suffering. Yeah. And in that, in that. And I think that's what we're, we're called to do as well and to be ready to explain why we are able to put our trust in God even in, in spite of suffering. That word, so it says ready to explain. So in other translations it says give, you know, to give a, give a defense but the, I guess it would be the Hebrew word. I don't know if it's the Greek or Hebrew word. It comes from, um, let me see if I can pronounce it, apologia, which we know. Have you ever heard of people talk about apolog apologetics? Apologetics. Well, it comes from that word. And so it's basically defending your faith, mm -hmm. right? And it's this idea of, you know, what does that mean? What does it, what does apologetics mean? It's just intelligent reasoning. Mm -hmm. It's just you know, you're using your brains to reason. That's a logic, but why you have faith, yeah. right? It's not just this, um, I feel this way. You're giving a reason for it. And I think that, you know, when it says to be ready to explain it, like, I think we need to not get so caught up and be like, oh my goodness, I can't give, um, I can't share my faith or I can't do these things because I don't know enough Bible verses. Like, we can't get so caught up in, you know, I don't know all the doctrines. I don't know all the, like, so we can't go to that side of it to where we let that stop us because we're not, we don't think we're educated enough. But on the other side of it, like, we need to have intelligent reason why we serve God. Like, it need, there needs to be, it can't just be like, well, it makes me feel good. Yeah. It makes me feel good to go to church. It makes me feel good to pray. It makes me feel, you can't, you, you need to know what has God done in your life so that when the time does come, you're ready, mm -hmm. you know, and you have an intelligent response to, to give to somebody, Yeah, you know? So now he moves into this idea of how do we, how do we get past? Cause again, I mentioned a minute ago, like just how do we get past our need for respect? Mm -hmm. You know, that idea of people are or even our need to defend ourselves yeah. or our need to protect ourselves and, and all these things if people are coming at us. And I think we see this in, in the next verse, in verse 18, it says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. And I think it's just always this, this reminder that no matter how unjust you think your life is, mm -hmm. Jesus suffered a greater injustice. Yeah. He was literally killed for something that he never did. Mm -hmm. And yet he willingly took that on so that we could be redeemed mm -hmm. and so that we could be restored and brought, be brought, brought back to God. He's our example, right? He died innocently to bring us back to God. So he goes on. And then we get into these next two verses that Joy's going to explain. <laughs> I said, I'm leaving this last part for you. <laughs> says so so we'll read verse 18 again 
Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached the spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. <laughs> so, I've read a lot of commentaries, all right, um, and looked over it. And there are different interpretations to these couple of verses. Because, so he was raised to life. He, he died a physical death. We know Jesus died. He was fully God, yet fully man. And we know that Jesus died a physical death on the cross. Um, we even know that that uh, when he was on the cross, the last thing he said, into, into your hands I commit my spirit, right? Um, and then it says that he was raised to life in the spirit. And so we know that it was the, the, the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Um, but there's this verse 19, and this is the one that has a lot of different interpretations of, so he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Mm -hmm. So... Um, there's a bunch of different things that are talked about here. And then in verse 20, it mentions Noah, those who had, it says, preach the spirits in prison, those who had disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building the boat. So uh, some of the interpretations are, you know, that it was the spirit of Christ because Christ was not just New Testament. He's Old Testament. He's always been there. So there's one interpretation that it was like the spirit. It's that same spirit of Christ that Noah you know, Noah preached to those that were around him, those that were far from God, those that didn't believe in God. He preached to them while he was building the ark. And so it was like, so that's, but that doesn't really make any sense. Um, uh, because it was kind of like this idea of, of why, why would he just preach to that particular group of people? Mm -hmm. And, and even the fact that the spirit of Christ would come just on Noah. Yes, Noah. So that's one. I don't think that's the, the one, though. Um, and then there's uh, another interpretation where he just comes and um, it was, it, he came and, and preached to people that had died mm -hmm. during that time and kind of given them, this is actually, I found this out, this is the verse that Roman Catholics use um, in defense of purgatory. Mm. I didn't know that. I didn't know why. Our Catholic friends believe that. Um, so that's that's one of the interpretations as well, is that Christ came and he went into... So a, a, an important distinction here is that um, he went and preached to the spirits in prison. So that word prison um, is used in a couple other places in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, in Revelation 20, verse 7, and in Matthew 5, 25, it's used in, in terms of prison. But the definition of it is not hell as we think of hell. Like, like the lake of fire. Like the lake of fire, fire which is the final destination yeah. for those that have rejected God. Yeah. But rather it refers to Hades. Mm -hmm. And Hades is, for lack of a better term, and this is where the Catholics get this from, mm -hmm. it is kind of a holding tank mm -hmm. uh, for those that don't believe in God. Now the Bible tells us that for us as believers that to be absent from the bodies, to be present, present with God. The moment we breathe our last, we are standing in the presence of God. There's a story that Jesus tells where he talks about 
um, uh, the name, uh, a man named Lazarus, not the Lazarus that he raised from the dead, but another man named Lazarus and a rich man. Mm -hmm. And they're talking to each other, but Lazarus is there in Abraham's bosom or he's there in heaven. He's there with God. And yet this rich man is in this place of torture. He's mm -hmm. in this place of punishment, which is revealed as the Hades. Mm -hmm. And so it is this place. And so, um, what I went round and round and round about this. All right. So here's, here's, I'm not saying this is it because there is way more smarter people that have spent way more time studying this than I have. But what I found most interesting is the more I dug into it is some of the key words in this verse where it says, so he went down and he preached to the spirits. That word preached is not the same word that's used when people talk about preaching the gospel. Mm hmm. It's a different word with a different meaning. So if you go back and you look, um, I think it was even in First Peter. I didn't write it down. But even if you go back and look in First Peter, he talks about preaching. Mm -hmm. It's a different Greek word that's used. And the Greek word that Peter used earlier in first in, in chapter 1, I think it is, um, it, it, the definition of it is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The word that's used here, preached, simply means to announce or to proclaim something. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's done by somebody with authority. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily referring to Jesus went and preached the gospel mm -hmm. to these spirits. Now, the other thing is spirits is generally used to um, talk about supernatural beings rather than humans. Uh, you'll even notice down when it talks about Noah, it says Noah was building the boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. If you look at other translations, it says only eight souls mm -hmm. were saved uh, in from drowning in that flood. So typically when it talks about humans, it talks about souls. Mm -hmm. But when it talks about supernatural beings, it talks about spirits. Um, and so let me see, was there another word there? No. So preached, spirits, prison. Those were the three words. All right. So preached means to announce, to proclaim something, but not the gospel. Um, spirits is uh, supernatural and prison talks about Hades. Mm -hmm. And so of the different interpretations that I saw, this is one that I think makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it makes sense to Joy or not. We didn't talk about this beforehand. She can argue with me if she wants. It's um, all over my head anyway. Is that this was, we know that in those three days that Jesus was in the tomb, he did not just lay there, mm -hmm. but that he went and he, he won victory over death, hell, and, and the, the grave. grave. Yeah. The grave is actually Hades. Yeah. And he so, was doing something during that time. Right. And so I, what makes the most sense to me and, and what I've studied is that, so he went and he announced to the fallen spirits in Hades, I beat y'all. <laughs> I've won. This is the victory. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what we've talked about from day one. The lamb was to be slain before the foundations of the earth. And he went and he proclaimed mm -hmm. victory to the spirits in Hades. Mm -hmm. And so that was, um, and, and cause even the, that part of those who disobeyed God long ago, when God was waiting patiently, there is, um, along with that interpretation is the idea of, you know, we talk about in the times of Genesis, there was the Nephilim mm -hmm. and there was these sons of man that had come and where so there was these demons, these fallen angels mm -hmm. that had come. And so that's wow. my take on it. It's deep stuff. All right. <laughs> 
it's intriguing sometimes when you get a portion of scripture that's just like, whoa, like, yeah. what, what is that? And you that's know? that's my best, guys, right there. Okay, I've spent all day on that one. Um, and so they were uh, because it's interesting here that he talks about nobody really talks that much about Noah. But mm-hmm. Peter actually mentions Noah twice. He'll talk yeah. about him here, and then he talks about him again in Second Peter. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that uh, that that Noah spoke with boldness in the face of suffering mm-hmm. as well. So it all kind of ties in, and it says so they were saved from drowning in that terrible flood, verse twenty one. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Mm -hmm. So there's also that last verse that I think ties into that whole went and preached to where it says that all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Mm -hmm. And so it's this absolute, it's the, I even get that picture of these fallen angels that had rejected the authority in heaven. And now Jesus rises from the dead. Yeah. He takes his place on the throne next to God. Yeah. And every power, every authority, every angel, every, every one of them recognizes here, and here, I mean, just logically, here's the deal. When he was in that tomb, he, it says he went to, to and, and, and how is it worded now that I'm saying it? But conquered he conquered death, death hell, hell and the grave the so there yeah. was something going on during that time during those three mm-hmm. days that was quite powerful yeah that was in the spiritual that you know wasn't seen but it was in the spiritual happening mm-hmm. i like that very last part where it says they accept his authority yeah because i feel like kind of it goes back to everything we've been talking about is is coming under authority you know whether it, whether it's leaders and presidents and prime ministers whether it's bosses whether it's you know husbands whatever it is coming under that authority ultimately we're gonna we have to accept the authority of jesus yeah i feel like it kind of closes closes the coming back that. with yeah. that yeah um i skipped over the baptism part there but it talks it compares the flood waters mm-hmm. to our our own earthly baptism mm-hmm. and in in the same way that the flood waters literally wiped evil off the oh, yeah. face of the earth yeah. when we get baptized Brand new. it is to literally wipe evil out of our lives yeah. it is it is that is us dying to the old and coming because what was Noah's art it was a new beginning it was a new beginning yeah for those who would obey Christ yeah and even in the face of suffering would stay yeah. on the goal that was Noah's Noah and for 120 years as he built that ark he faced suffering and he faced mockery he faced all these things but he stayed true to mm-hmm. uh obeying god's word mm-hmm. as we are called to do as well that was a doozy Woo! we did it <laughs> all right that's chapter three of first peter next week we will tackle chapter four uh thanks for being with us it's good to be back we're coming up on episode 50 where we will give something away <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> all right guys have a great week we will see you next time on lunch with pb and j bye guys